here we are again. It's us. You already know us. Welcome back to our podcast. We don't have a title still. But I was really hoping if I said that. By the time you see this, we'll have one. It's just <laughs> while we're recording, we don't, and that's okay. You know, we're a work in progress. Life is a journey, and uh, we're just along for the ride. When we left you last, we had gotten through a whole thirty-two pages. I know we might need to we might need to pick it up a little bit and so hit some high what's notes. What's fun is that, uh, well, no, I feel like we went through a lot of good stuff. We did, but um, it was a lot of background. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that first before you dive in here. We don't know what this one is going to be. We just know we're going to start at chapter four and we're going to talk until we feel like we sort of reach a stopping point. I feel good about that. I, I will say, if you don't listen to it, you truly won't know what's going on. Because we said a whole lot of things. A lot of stuff. Uh, but this is us. It's our opinions. We talk about the book we're reading. Well, we've already read it multiple times. Well, this is my second time reading it. Same. I have listened to it, though. I've listened to it twice. I've listened to it twice So I've well. absorbed it at least yeah. four times. It's in my body. In one way or the other. No! No! <laughs> Uh, I think we should put a very huge disclaimer. These are all just legitimately our opinions. Nothing is fact. Nothing is proven. It's solely our thoughts. Yeah. And you can disagree with those, and that's okay. If you have a better idea about what we're talking about, please let us know. You could be right, but you could also be wrong. Yeah. We just, uh, we were reading these books together. It started during COVID, and we would always talk about them, and then we were like, in our very egotistical, vain way, other people probably want to hear us talk about it too, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, at the very least, I want to re-listen to my own thoughts so I can have new thoughts. Yeah. Because I want to get them out of my body. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so, yeah. So, do you want to kick it off? Yeah. Um, if you Wait, if you weren't here the last episode and didn't know that no, we set the if stage... If you weren't here the last episode, go listen to the last episode, period. Right. I will not tolerate anything else. But you should know that Hannah does a lot of good note-taking, and I have very weirdly specific bullet points that don't follow as well. So it's a really good balance because you're going to get, you know, just some, some one-liners from me, possibly questions that I would like you to answer for me, and she's going to give you a lot of the knowledge. So chapter four, a beast comes into the cottage. The beast is scary and he's looking for who killed the wolf and the wolf turns out it was a fairy like we already didn't fucking know that um when the beast comes in it's important to note that Feyre yet again steps up as the the household protector and um admits guilt and says I'm the one that did it leave my family alone uh, the beast shows her mercy and offers her a deal to atone. She must live in Perithian with him and leave her family behind. She accepts the deal, leaving her family only with instructions on how they might survive without her. After that, her father responds and says that if she ex- escapes, escapes, Jesus Christ. She did. <sighs> if she escapes, she is to never return, but to make a life elsewhere. Um, and then there's something really fun that I want to describe when we get to the end, but we can start at the beginning. The beast, as large as a horse, while his body somewhat feline, his head was distinctly wolfish. 
I don't know what to make of the curled elk-like horns that protruded from his head. It's a great picture. It is. It's funny that you noted that because I noted that too. Which I feel like my synopsis is not a synopsis. This is a very hard, hard... This uh, We're noticing a trend here. I'm noticing a trend. Um, I wrote, we got a full face load of the beast going buck wild. She stands up for her family while they let her. Granted, she is the murderer, but like... Um, had to either way because they weren't going to uh, for so many reasons, essentially. And that was my synopsis. And I also did note, and it's something to come back to, the description that she puts in there. Of the beast? When are we going to come back to that? We can come back to it later or I can just tell you now. Yeah, just tell and then, me now. Oh, so here she describes the lupine wolf face. She says wolf here, but she says lupine later. Um, curved horns, green eyes, yep. we know all those things, they say consistent, but the feline body, it's what she says there, and then later she says a bear-like body. Hmm. And I'm like, which is it? Is he a bear or a cat? They're different. Bears are not in the feline Well, maybe her thing. perspective changed. It's this, I don't fucking know. Bears are much fatter than cats. It says, while well, his body was somewhat feline. Oh, that's true. I don't I don't have an answer to that one. In my mind, it's yeah, it's like an old timey creature from Elden days. Yeah. That weren't real. Um, so he basically kicks in the door like the big bad wolf and says, I'm gonna huff and puff and blow this house down unless you tell me who murdered my friend, the wolf. You don't get you. Basically like Pharaoh immediately jumps into action. She's yep. like, I will protect you. And, like, Nesta puts herself in front of Elaine. Oh, yes, must protect Elaine. Yeah, but it's, like, Big old, dumb, pretty Elaine. Feyre is who puts herself between the beast and the family. Mm-hmm. And she immediately goes to, how can I get us out of this? She's like, where, where are my arrows? Where's my knife? What are we going to do? I don't know, but I'll figure it out because I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. She not gonna give up. She gonna keep on surviving. We know the words. It's just not right Yeah. Um... Not karaoke time. But she mentions that the fairy, the beast that came in, is obviously a fairy, could have killed me. Could have, yet the lunge had been a warning. So, like, they're going toe-to-toe, back and forth, and she already notes that, like, the fairy's not, like, could have already, I mean, they've mentioned in previous chapters, could could blow them to dust and, like, that. And this creature is just like, hold up. Just tell me who murdered my friend, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Um, and that's when this whole mention of fairies can't lie comes in. So we find out, okay, fairies apparently can't lie, and so, um, but like he doesn't just come in for revenge. He's like seeking. He approaches the situation, seeking information, seeking to understand before he reacts. Hyper aggressive way. Well, that, <laughs> he's extremely aggressive. But the beast is aggressive that yeah. is a that is a main point of who he is as a person yeah for sure he's got anger issues yeah um but we find out like oh fairies can't lie is he gonna know if i lie to him well they can smell yes they can smell emotions which i wish um, no i, I don't think. know if i want to smell that i just feel like it's too much knowledge i don't need to know. i don't know if smells the thing i'd want to have to no. tell me about everyone I'll, I'll take reading minds over smelling them. Okay. Path. I wonder if I could turn it on and off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then it's like, what if it's like you don't like the smell of 
fear, it makes you want to vomit. <laughs> Just like if you smell certain foods, you're like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I do. Um, but the beast basically offers her, they talk about the treaty, which we know was written um, at the end of the war. And it says, I can either, he offers her like a loophole in the treaty, whereas like normally he could call in a life debt, a life for a life kind of thing. And he says, I can either gut you like swine, or you can cross the wall and live out the remainder of your days in Perithian. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why are you trying to be nice to me? But obviously, like, I don't want my family to die because I am their protector. So I guess I'll go with you. Guess we gotta go. Um, But, like, she keeps coming back to this, like, oh, well, I'm going, but I'm breaking my oath to my mother that didn't even really care about me, but my word is my law. Word is bond. I know. It's crazy. Um, She literally says, I'd be breaking the most important promise I'd ever made. And it was noted, uh, I want to say in one of those first couple of chapters, that the reason that promises were all that they had left is because they had no magic left, mm-hmm. which in my mind, uh, like after the war and you know the fairies uh, and the humans separated and they gained their independence to whatever degree, um, all they had, they didn't have religion, they didn't have gods, they didn't have magic, they didn't have fairies, their word was their only really... It was their law. It was what they had. It's all they got left. Yeah. Um, and then basically before she leaves, the, the beast is like, we're going. We're going right now. You don't even get to pack a bag. Um, and she leaves her family, looks at her dad, and is like, the, the deer I killed you uh, will probably last a week. Don't forget to dry the other meat so it lasts you longer. And then says, like, someone else will teach you how to hunt. Isaac, I think, will teach you how to hunt. I showed yep. him how to do traps. Like, Last year. Yeah. Um, and Pharaoh, or Pharaoh's dad, his only response is, if you ever escape, ever convince them that you've paid the debt, don't return. Mm-hmm. And it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah, but he says it. Oh, it's weirdly nice, but also it like. It is. He literally said. It's like, I want what's best for you, but also like. You were always too good for everyone, yeah. he said. And I wrote, damn, Papa. Daddy was about to say, she's all we have to survive. But he didn't even get those words out. Yeah. He just said, she's all dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Silenced by fear. Um, that's really all I have for this chapter, except for one other thing. Mm, I wonder if it's my thing. No, but you can have it too. What is it? What is yours? Well, my favorite thing that I think, it, it's a parallel that continues through the entire series and it says, the firelight shone upon his exposed fangs, and I wondered how they'd feel on my throat, and how loudly my sisters would scream before they too died. But I knew, with a sudden uncoiling clarity, that Nesta would buy Elaine time to run. Not my father, whom she resented with her entire steely heart. Not me, because Nesta had always known, and hated, that she and I were two sides of the same coin, and that I could fight my own battles. Yeah, well, fine. That's not the thing, but I do like that. I, I just, it's a, it's a good note. Nesta and her really are two sides of the same coin because like we mentioned in the last episode, like they, Nesta had everything in her, like with, cause she even said like, I imagine if what Nesta could have done for the family, like we wouldn't just survive, we could have thrived had she like stepped, the fuck up. stepped up and not been so mm. preoccupied with like how they were poor. Yeah. And it's like, Pharaoh was the exact same way. She had that heart in, like, I'm going to survive, chip on my shoulder type thing. It just evolved in a different way of, like, 
I'm going to survive and make the best instead of bitch and complain about my situation and wait until, like, instead of being the victim, she then became like, okay, well, yeah, this bad thing happened to me. The whole cliche and personal development life happens for you, not to you kind of thing. Like, this happened, I'm going to take it in stride and make the best of it. But it comes up later. I don't know if she made the best of it, but she did the best she could with what she had. I don't know if that's making the best of it. it, Because she even said she didn't see joy or happiness anymore. You know, like, it wasn't like she was out here like, I'm going to see the bright side of life. She was just like, I'm survival mode. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. I'm going to get it done so that we don't die. I just think it's a good parallel that runs through the book. It is. No, you're right. It is. But Um, what was your your thing? Well... It is my favorite part, um, just because even in the height of all of this, like, chaos and, you know, um, being forced to leave her house right then, like, when when does this treaty take place or when is it enacted? How much time do I have? He's like, uh, no, no, no. We got to go. Yeah. We're leaving right now. And so all of that, she gives them, like, here are your means to survive. Here's the money that you have. Here's the food. Yeah. Be smart, essentially. She's literally like, okay, it's like how you try to prepare your kids for the future, mm-hmm. but... It's one of those, like, what would you do as a parent if all you had was five minutes to prepare your kid for the future? Yeah. Luckily, these children may as well be, are all grown-ass adults with working brains, so hopefully mm-hmm. they figure it out. One used to run a, I'm going to say a million-dollar business. It just sounds like they were rich as Successful. Hell. Successful yeah. business. Um, but even then, she's still giving life advice. So she goes through, tells them all the things to say, and she gives this one last thing. Turns to Nesta, whatever you do, I said quietly, don't marry Thomas Mandre. Mm. His father beats his wife and none of his sons do anything to stop it. Nesta's eyes widened. But I added, bruises are harder to conceal than poverty. Damn. Mm. Nesta stiffened. She didn't say nothing though. Neither of the sisters did. And she she yeah. turned away. What like, are you gonna say? What retort do you have for that? <laughs> yeah, and it's just aside from it being like, it's it is also just another good note that like, fair is more aware. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like noting that there are worse things than being poor, and one of them is getting beat every day. Yeah, and like if this husband does it to the mother and. The you know, kids are around You him. are who you surround yourself with. Generational and, trauma. Yeah. That's a thing. So I just think that was, it's probably one of my favorite parts because it's just like, she's so, even though she says it quiet in my mind, she's super fierce about it. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, don't be stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point. That. I like that. I like that. And then she, um, she pieces out. Chapter five. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot for this one, mainly just because it feels just like it's very short. It's what, like three pages in total? Four pages in total? What? I literally have barely anything, and it is the only synopsis I Okay, let's start with yours this time. <laughs> Chapter five, what does Malia have to say? I have no other bullet points than this, this sentence. Long-ass journey to Prithian. Basically just her speculating wildly with the whole chapter. Anxiety on high, chilling with the beast man. Yeah, that's essentially what happens. The beast is like, that's, you're too slow. It. I brought this horse. Get on it. Yeah. Um, he, we're going back home now. Stays in his beast form, and I think that's good to know. Yeah, he stays in his beast form. My synopsis goes, Feyre goes with the beast. 
She sure does. That's for once my sister's is shorter <laughs> than yours. But yours is more explanatory. It basically is her just speculating. She's freaking out. Oh my god, I'm I gotta live with this dude. Live, not die. Why? And then we do get a little bit of back information about Perithian, even though you can basically see it if you look at the front uh, map that Perithian, their little island that they're on specifically, is divided north of the wall. So Fairyland is divided by and ruled by seven different high lords. So there's seven, technically eight different areas, but seven high lords. To be fair, this chapter is literally only three pages. Yeah, it's not. So much. there's literally not much. It's it's just one of those like anxiety moments where you go through every single scenario. Yeah. What this if I run it. away? What if I can break free? What's your name, Captor? <laughs> yeah, this is this is the the anxiety. I alternated between a wretched smugness at the thought of my family starving and thus realizing how important I was, which so is important. Sad. To, it's important to know so because sad. it's like. She feels so underappreciated that she thinks that they're not going to miss her until she's gone and realize that they're so hungry they have no food. And a blinding agony at the thought of my father begging in the street. So, like, she has that thought of, like, those ungrateful bastards are finally going to realize all that I did for them. Fuck them. I'm important. Thanks for finally noticing, even though it's a little too late. It's just a little too late. And and then she still obviously cares about her dad because she's like, I have pity on him for like, he's going to have to beg in the streets and that's how they're going to have to survive. So it's like these polar opposite feelings. Well, it's, it's, it's human. very human experiences. Yeah, yeah it, it is. You have your, your roller coaster ride of emotions, yeah. glass cage of emotion, if you will. She starts like spiraling out loud and is like are you gonna even tell me your name no and he just doesn't really respond uh we do find out magic has a smell it smells metallic that doesn't really mean anything but she does bring it up so humans can smell magic which is kind of weird kind of it um the only other thing that i noted in this chapter is that um obviously like the beast is like you're annoying me and like puts a spell on her so she like goes to sleep until they get to through the wall take it takes him two days yeah it takes him two days uh so he basically like puts her to sleep and she comes back to um and i just like this line my prison i spied a hedge bordered metal gate ahead my prison or my salvation i couldn't decide which mm-hmm. and i liked the word prison for later use. Damn. Because it's both. Just know that that was very good what she just did because I did not even put that together until right now. Wow. Wow. Because it's both. Wow. 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 It's her prison and her salvation. You couldn't decide which because it's both in multiple ways that we will discuss later, but it is her prison and it's also her salvation. Fuck gray blue. I don't know what that means. I don't know. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I really just saw an exclamation of the moment. They say it in France. Oh, okay. You'd think I would know, but I don't. 
I'll look it up later. Okay. If you know, go ahead and tell me because I don't recall. All right. Well, that's a good wrap up of three pages. Yeah. Chapter six. Chapter I think six. We're ready. We're ready. <laughs> um, do you want to read yours first? Do you want me to read I just, I, oh, I feel like mine should come after because you actually do give a good synopsis okay. of the chapter. Mine's more of a synopsis of a synopsis. Okay. So chapter six. Here we are. Pharaoh arrives at the beast, beasties, beasties estate. Beast apostrophe s. Yeah, I don't know. Ownership. Yeah. Um, Arrives at the beast estate. She notes that it's large, it's beautiful, but it's quiet. Also notes that it is springtime, which if you remember back in the first chapter in the mortal world, it was winter. So she's traveled two days across the wall and somehow it's a completely different season. Magic. Um, we learned that the wolf she killed had a name. His name was Andrus. His name was Andrus. Yeah, no. Oh, from, Fight Club? Yeah. Okay. I'm so sorry. My brain was not ready to go sorry, there. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, we also meet Lucian, who is a friend of the Beast, and who is unhappy with Feyre for just being there, existing. He's obviously having some emotions because Feyre killed his friend. Um, and Feyre is taken to a room, not a cell. So, like, obviously her anxiety spirals and it's like, I'm just going to be kept in the dungeon. They're going to forget about me, torment me. I'm going to be a slave, whatever. And so it's this juxtaposition of what she thinks is going to happen. And what actually happens is she's taken to a room. She's... Never had anyone knock on my door. I don't. I've never had anyone knock on my door. No. But my mom always said never answer the door if someone knocks on it and you're not expecting them. so scared because no one texted me usually if it's not shh I'm scared usually someone would just text me No, but I'm sad that our first thought was, is it quiet hours yet? What kind of adults are we? It's not like we're raging in here. We're definitely not. It's just a rug I oh, ordered. Hey, do you think that's a message saying you got a package delivery? <laughs> that was scary. Well, my mom always said, 
don't answer the. I mean, that's how a lot of people in the seventies got murdered. Seventies, eighties, nineties, exactly. It's like I don't answer the door unless you're expecting someone. Luckily, I have a peephole, so I can just look. But <gasps> even then, like you can hear. I have old ass fucking floors. You can hear if I'm walking up to the door. Okay. Um, so we're at chapter six, right? Mm. Is that really where we left off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. Oh, we did. So we meet Lucian. Yep. Who's a friend of the Beast. Um, I will say, the reason I'm saying the Beast is because we don't know the Beast's name yet. So I'm just going to refer to him as that until we find out. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Do I have your permission? Oh, absolutely. Um, He's unhappy with Pharaoh being there. Where do we stand on this candy situation? Like, do you need some candy? Like, just, what? Well, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me get... Yep, do you want do me it. to start over and get you some candy, and then I can start over chapter six? Yeah. All right. We took a little candy break. I didn't fart. It was my... If you can hear that, I didn't fart. It's my, it's my floor. Just the floor. Um, my apartment's like 100 years old. So, we're eating candy. If chewing bothers you, just let us know, and uh, we won't stop, but you don't have to listen. No. So, chapter six. You want to talk about it? Tell us more. I will. I'm not going to talk with an awful. Let me finish chewing this. That was a bad bad timing on the taking a bite. Oh. Well, while you, I'm going to hold this in my mouth because I like the minty feel. She did just give us the good synopsis, and it's great because I also note this springtime mm-hmm. in my my blowback or whatever. Um, we know that Farrah, my synopsis was Farrah's smart. We know that much. Mm-hmm. Sarah J sets the scene with the springtime and the sun and the fancy manner. Um, she's mostly sensical, and that's been noted through the last like five chapters. Yeah. And I keep saying that because it's gonna it's gonna come to head for me. She's smart. She's sensical. She makes a lot of logical decisions. Um, she is panicking. Uh, Sort of right now, because she's still going through all those like trauma scenarios of what do I do, what do I, what do I not do, what are my options, should I run away, and I did write, she obviously is super panicking if her ass thinks she can run away. Yeah. Definitely setting the stage for our Stockholm Syndrome, LOL. Mm. That's true. Um... So, yeah, I mean, digging into this chapter, a lot of it is her just describing the manor and how it's really pretty and it's spring. And uh, my awe might have been subdued, my awe might have subdued my fear had the place not been so wholly empty and silent. Uh, So it's very quiet. Um, But, like, there's also this contrast between how she thinks Faye are and how they really live. Cause like, it's this big fancy manner. She's coming from a fucking cottage and she says, I'd never considered how they might live today, the elegance and wealth they might possess. Cause like, obviously like the humans were slaves and built all these things for them and like did all these things for them. But it's like the fairies got rid of their slaves, their human slaves, but they still have people that work for them, and it's now the lower class of fairies. So it's yeah. like they just replaced the class system with something else. And um, humans were so far removed from it for the most part. They just... Yeah. I mean, it's been 500 point, it's a, years. It's myths for, yeah. for humans at this point. It's been 500 years, so it's just like my yeah. what my mom's mom's mom said, yeah. and it's just been passed down. Like, 
there is wise tales from the sea. Yeah, so like, um, she's like sort of just absorbing her new environment, and it's like, oh, this is so different than what I thought they were, and even the, I mean, even the food. She's like, oh, we didn't know what they ate. Yeah, you know, it's it's again, um, you hear all these stories from the mercenaries, you hear stories from the children of the blessed. You have no real scope. Well, yeah, they're made out to be like these horrible, nasty, scary creatures, which. And you think creature Don't get beast? There are, yeah. And as of now, all she's seen is two literal beasts as fairies. Yeah. So she's like, it's interesting. She's like slowly weaning her into the idea that it there is more to the eye than for sure. The Quite literally, because fed. the beast also has another form, and it's human form. Which and she says. He was young, or at least what I could see of his face seemed young. His nose, cheeks, and brows were covered by an exquisite golden mask embedded with emeralds shaped in whorls of leaves. So, like, the mask thing is its own thing. Own plot line. But, like, he obviously is a shapeshifter. He appeared as a beast with horns and whatever. And now that he's in his human form, he's still lethal but he's also young and beautiful and like aren't they all she she sees these masks across their face and thinks they're a fashion statement (laughs) which is funny because she's like well Uh i don't know anything about these people obviously so like yeah because him along with the servants that that help her get like cleaned up which is really nice yeah i mean she's still calling them feral monsters yeah um and like, but they're like scrubbing her body and like. Right, I mean, and this is obviously and this is her basically her thoughts versus perception versus reality, um, and she even like notes the food is like exactly what they would eat. It's just normal vegetables and meats that you find in any mortal realm or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's interesting because it it hits that like that just overarching political or sociological idea that no one's ever ever quite as separated as they think they are there's not so much divide there's more similarities than there are differences in people um and ethnicity and you fear what you don't know yeah and because you don't know it you don't you're not able to recognize the similarities all you see is the differences yeah it's a good point i mean it's a lot of it based off of yeah based off of fear because yeah. I mean, there's a couple things I want to come back to, but, like, along that same point, later in the chapter, when she's, like, taken up to her room, not her cell, she mentions, like, the room's bigger than her old cottage, and she says, the few stories I'd heard had been wrong, or 500 years of separation had muddled them. Yes, yeah. I was still prey, still born weak and useless compared to them, but this place was dot, 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 peaceful, calm, unless that was an illusion, too. But it's, like... It is completely different than what she thought. Mm-hmm. Other than that, um, their first like real conversational interaction, he like is like, "You should eat something." Obviously, like you know, she looks really thin and frail based on like her eating habits thus far. You know, they've been scraping by, and she's scared to eat the food. Um, it's a good note. I didn't make that. Um, she says they're taught from kids, "You never drink the wine." Or and you never drink their food. And that's a good one to just remember because mm-hmm. they do, there is actually wine that they shouldn't drink. True. Um, 
but it's not all wine and it's not all food. Yeah. It is very much a specific fairy wine yeah. and they bring that wine up later. Yeah. Um, but this is again, another time where the beast sort of tries to reiterate that he's not going to harm her. Like, obviously like he's made Thank it mentioned. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Like, Oh, like, He's trying to almost take care of her, like, you should eat something, blah, blah, blah. I, You know, like, no one's going to hurt you here. Trying to make her feel comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. And he says, those strange, green, those strange green eyes pinned me to the spot as if he could detect every muscle in my body that was priming to bolt. Leave if you want, he added with a flash of teeth. I'm not your jailer. Which of you remember in the last thing, she said, my prison or my salvation? He says, I'm not your jailer. The gates are open. You can live anywhere you want in Prithian. And I know why you're drawing that. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to learn this too. Yeah. However, for me, what's funny reading it this way, I have such a different view on that. He is trying to make her feel comfortable. He is yeah. setting the scene like, he's trying you to do break down options. her walls. Not even that. Even later, um, I want to say it's a few chapters later. He actually says, I should have, I really should have found somewhere for you to go. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't have to stay here. And I actually genuinely think he meant that. At that time. At this, like, at this time, I, well, he, there's a big spoiler. We obviously know this is building to some other thing. So that's just, you can't it's hide what that it fact. Is. Yeah. As your mother says, so it is written. Oh, that's the thing from the oh. last episode that I hate that I know that now that she says that because, yeah, obviously it's written, but, like, I don't want it to be true, but it is. Or she says it's in the script. It's in the script. Yeah. Mama Kingsbury knows everything. That's a family quote of my whole family. Well, the whole family, really, it just gets under my skin because it's so accurate. Um, I hate that it's it's true, but it is. It is in the script. But it sets the scene for something that bothers me for, like, the next three chapters, so it'll involve Lucian and mm-hmm. it'll involve the beast until we get there. But just keep that in mind. Like, he, I think he is genuinely setting the tone. Like, I, you have to come here. We know he has an ulterior motive. For sure. Side note Did you know it's ulterior and not ulterior with a U, not an A? Yeah. It's a U, ulterior. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that. And I'm 34 <laughs> years old. And someone said it to me like six months ago. And I was like, they wrote it to me and in a text, and I was like, wait, what? Huh. And then I obviously Googled it. I love that. You're still learning. So Every single about. day. As Ruth says, I don't know shit about fuck. I don't know shit about fuck. <laughs> no lie. So, um, yeah. and I read. So well, just a, know. That's a good segue, though. You bring up Lucian. We meet yeah. him in this chapter. We he do. He is... He's angry. Yeah, he's a stranger world with fluid grace. His mask, he's Mm. also in a mask, but his mask was bronze and fashioned after a fox's features. What looked like a wicked slashing scar from his brow down to his jaw. It didn't hide the eye that was missing or the carved golden orb that had replaced it. The thing with Lucian in this, he is super aggressive. Like, obviously... Our beast man knows that she's a murderer. Went mm-hmm. to find her because she's a murderer. Um, none of this is a secret. And he still, like, he could have shredded her to ribbons per his words on the spot. Didn't. Mm-hmm. He's just said, no, 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 we're going to go. Mm-hmm. So he's done nothing up to this point but show her mercy yep. and try to care for her. 
Yep. Even if he has an ulterior, ulterior motive, yep. at the end of the day, even for the next couple of chapters, it is a genuine... It is genuine. Whereas Lucian rolls out the gate angry, mm-hmm. like, ooh, we should kill... I'm pretty sure it should He not. alludes that Feyre should just be killed. Like, before she goes up to get cleaned up. He, he does not like her at all. He doesn't. On page 50, I wrote a note that she states specifically that they're ruling nobility. I can't say the rest of it because it gives away a big um, thing. We can get there. But it's, it really yeah. made me annoyed because, again, this well, comes she back. She didn't put it together. It comes back to the beginning, my whole beginning state. She's smart. She's logical. She's highly intelligent. Per her papa, yeah. she's been always too good for them. Yeah. Like. How she didn't put the puzzle pieces together. It's interesting how Sarah has her seem like this one strong, smart, just like solid person, mm-hmm. but she enters this new world and almost becomes like a stupid little, it's almost like she loses half her personality or her, um, but I think that's a lot strength. of her internal dialogue is like in later chapters, she says that she hears Nest. It's not even her own voice. It's Nesta's voice dragging her down. Like she constantly is assuming that the high fae Lucian and the beast that, that they're just constantly thinking that she's a stupid, ignorant, insufferable human. Well, so, like, she's constantly putting herself down of, I'm beneath them. And I think... They, they, they do. Lucian says a little Lucian bit. definitely <laughs> does. But, like, dick. she buys into that bullshit. And it doesn't help that if you look at her past, she's coming from a family where her older sister, the person who's supposed to take care of her, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. completely destroys... And puts her down kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, remember, self-esteem comes from your mother. She became the mother figure, but didn't really. She, Nesta yeah. would have, should have become the mother figure. And even then, if she had even more self-esteem. And, but yeah. as we learn, her mother mother was a bitch anyways. And didn't yeah. get a fuck about her. Uh, but to be fair. To be fair. Lucian does say, I'm sure her life will be a fine replacement for Anders's. I think he's just being sassy and sarcastic. Oh, absolutely. This whole time. Yeah. But then Um, once she goes and... Jump the girl somewhere, kill her, I don't care. She's nothing but a burden here. Yeah. Like, she'd sooner put a knife in your back than talk to you. Or any of us. And I think that's so important because it's just like, even no matter what, with hatred or long history now, the high fae or fae, whatever. It goes the other way. It does... Unfortunately, they have the lifespan to remember yeah. the past versus the humans that are passed down from stories. So he, they are speaking from a place of... But it's still a place of prejudice. History, yeah. yeah. And basing it off of a stereotype, which stereotypes... They come You can have your opinions, whatever they may be. Mine personally is they exist because there is a generality amongst demographics. For sure. And you cannot fight that. It doesn't mean you should stereotype everyone. No. Or... It doesn't mean that people have to fit the stereotype. No, it doesn't mean that there's not nuances to each person, and every person is different, but your fear and your bias can stop you from having that kind of perspective. For sure. And your anger, too, because, you know, he's pissed that she's... I would... Not only that she killed his friend, who, if you think about it, looks like a person, even though they're not human... Mm-hmm. And then skinned him. Yeah. yeah. 
Because well, when you think of skinning that, a like, human, it's way more intense than skinning an animal. Because we have this, this, uh, yeah, it's thing where lack we, of empathy, yeah. kind of. It. I don't even know if it's empathy, but it's just a. Well, I wouldn't kill a human because I'm hungry and skin them because I'm cold. But cannibals would. No. Yes, but like I, if I was in a survival position, I would. No, I wouldn't do that. I'd eat some snow. No, I'd kill an animal oh. and eat it. But, like, I wouldn't kill a human because I see them as... I don't know. But then also I've never been in a survival point where I'm, like, Do I I'm so someone? hungry that I could eat another person. What was that murder? Well, there's the people who were in the plane crash. No, 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 not that. Oh. My favorite murder, great podcast. If you haven't listened to it, yeah. you should. They're in pod- or they were in a plane crash and yes, they ended yeah. up eating people that had died because... I know, that's not the one I'm talking about. The one where this guy was so charming and so smart that he convinced all these fucking morons to go hiking in the wrong direction with him and then kill them all, then lied about it. I haven't heard that one. Shut up. Okay. That's a tangent we don't need to go we on. We don't. We'll come back to it and I'll tell you. Because it, it's so good that you just... Okay. But... We'll come back to that. Um... But not important. No, I get you. I get you. But no, but it's also you don't know what you would do in that situation of survivalist. He didn't like, look like... I get it. He didn't look like a person. And I get that humans and fairies are technically different. But they still look like people minus their like longer limbs and pointy ears. Well, yeah. It's humanoid features. Like, they don't... A wolf is very different than shooting an arrow through a person's eye. No, but just think about it. That mercenary somewhere walking around with someone's skin. I just keep thinking about it. There's a human skin, a human-esque, humanoid skin out there with wolf fur on it. And it just, it's just a fact that I continue thinking about. It means nothing. It has nothing to do with well, any part of think, the story. You know there's books out there that are bound in human skin? Is it Scientologist books? No, there's like le- I legitimate bet Tom books. Tom Cruise has them. Hey, sweetie. That's my cat. Oh, hi. He says, I want to talk. Can you shut the fuck up? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, he really just wants to play with Diego. Diego said, snooze, snooze. Um, anyways, the only other really thing that happens is she's she's taken up to her room mm-hmm. where the servants are what? are serving her, you know, as a human. And she... Alice. She keeps talking... Yes, her name is Alice. That's her main, like, caretaker, I guess you could say, if you don't want to use the word servant. But... Mm-hmm. Um, she just keeps drawing distinctions between... Because, like, obviously she's coming from a place of survival and poverty. So she keeps talking about how this place is so rich and, like, it has so many things. And the room is bigger than her entire cottage. Um, but in talking to Alice, like, it's also good to note she didn't want to wear a dress. Like, they tried to immediately put her in a dress after they bathed and cleaned her. And she's like, nah. And it's because, you know... She wants to be able to run away, and it's kind of hard to do that in a dress. But the dresses come back up later, which is the only reason I mention it. Um, but then Alice says, Some folk are bound to be upset by Andrus, which is the wolf that she killed. Yet, if you ask me, Andrus was a good centennial, but he knew what he would face when he crossed the wall, knew he'd likely find trouble. And the others understand the terms of the treaty, too. Even if they might resent your presence here, thanks to the mercy of our master. So keep your head down and none of them will bother you. Though Lucian, he could do with someone snapping at him, even if you've the courage, if you've the courage for it. So I just think it's good to point out that like, when you think about later in the book, why 
Andrus is a good centennial mm. and knew he would find trouble. And it's also good to point why others would understand her being there without resentment. They might resent yeah. her, but they understand why. And it's just, I, the first time you read that, you don't, you're like, you don't, you don't even think about it. You're like, okay, cool. cool. <laughs> yes. No, but like later on, it does mean a lot because it does. it's well, people finding way to say things when they can't always say what they want. And God, is that not just a a full on like? And that's why I read into what everyone says to me always, <laughs> and I have extreme and anxiety. Overthink everything. Yes. This girl right here. My bad. Now, <clears throat> to that, I love that you focus on that portion because I Thank actually. You. Thank you. Um, you're so welcome. I'm eating chocolate. Go for it. Um, pr- just prior to that, in uh, Ayla, or Alice saying those things, her name is spelled A L I S, which confuses Alias. me. Yeah, it well, sort of close to it, and but that's why everyone's like, "Oh, it's Alice," but I didn't know that until I listened to the audiobook, mm. <laughs> which has happened to me a lot with this series. That's fair. Um, but prior to this, she's like basically fair is just kind of being a little asshole. Like, I want my clothes. I want my stuff. Give it back. Which is, like, it makes sense in a a pseudo-hostage situation where you're, like, anything that brings you comfort you want and that was, like, your clothes. And then she's giving them back and they're, like, tattered rags. And she's like, you really want these? Come on. You know Um, she just went and ripped them up real quick and was like, you want this back? (laughs) That would be funny as fuck. Um, That's what I would do. That's funny. It's also, uh, I I did know that Alice's mask was a brass bird mask. Did you say that? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's also interesting because I'd never drawn a connection to what they are and their masks. Uh-huh. Um, that comes up in chapter 14, I think, too. 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. When they talk about the mask. Well, they do talk about it, but I don't, I know they did it to, okay. Yeah. They do it to honor some people, whatever. But even still, in my mind, you know, a bird is a messenger or a seen, you know, messenger pigeons. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, she also gets snarky. Fairy, so fairy gets super snarky and is like, mm-hmm. you know, starts to get super bitter. And the Alice is like, oh, well, you're all skin and bones. All your stuff's all torn and tattered. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, obviously winter does that to humans. And is just kind of a dick about it. So then Alice says... If you're wise, you'll keep your mouth shut and your ears open. It'll do you more good here than a loose tongue. And keep your wits about you. Even your senses will try to portray you here. And they do. They absolutely do. And I'm going to draw this parallel even though I don't want to. Uh, Because even though this is about fantasy and fiction and having fun, it honestly does draw some really good parallels to actual real life. Because it made me think about... Um, we have a friend that we w- happen to work together too, me and Hannah, and um, we have a friend who also works with us, and she once said to me, like, I'm a learner. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm entering this new role. I'm just here to listen and to learn because I don't know anything. And so she always approached... Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So she always approached this, uh, anything that she really didn't have a ton of perspective on, or if she's going into a new... Um, kind of situation with like she's been we've all worked in the company for years and years but she's now having to dive into a different um 
department and they've been around for a while and what's the best way to gain trust with people than to let them talk and to let them make you know feel like they have ownership in something and just listen and you learn a lot not just by what directly people say but their body language um their interactions their yeah yeah, their interactions how they talk about other people the things that they say so it just drew a really good parallel to life for me it is always good to just don't have a loose tongue. Don't just walk into a, you know, the party being like, I'm the shit. Sit down and listen. I mean, walk into the party like you're the shit, but then just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Quiet and cool. (laughs) You'll learn a lot more about who you want. Like, if you go in with an objective of looking for something, you're going to get it faster by listening and paying attention more Mm -hmm. than going yelling like, where are the drugs at? Maybe it's not that kind of party. Please don't yell that in my apartment (laughs) complex ever again. (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, some parties, they are just out on the table. No, I and, gotcha. But you know what I mean. It makes sense. Um, so, and have, it is really you have good two, just... You have two ears, one mouth. Listen more than you talk. Mm. I'm still learning it. But my mouth is bigger than my ears. Does that not count for anything? Not important, either way. I, I did just really, I really did. No, it's a good That point. resonated with me in Chapter 6. Good. I have, I'm complete on Chapter 6. Same. I did write Eyes Wide Shut Vibe. So... That's okay. all. Um, chapter seven. You got. You want me to lead? You want? <laughs> yeah, I think. I think you're gonna lead. And then got? she'll give us the good meat because I don't even remember what I wrote. Honestly, I went back. I I want to give perspective. I take. Uh, I've been taking notes in on these little tiny post its that I just put in the pages of my book. Um, and I realized the error of my ways because then I had to go back and clean it up and like collect all those notes and then I realized when I was doing that that I didn't say a lot of anything because I wasn't giving the listener you guys anything to actually hear it was just my like internal internal Uh dialogue yeah Yeah. about the things that I'm reading Mm -hmm. and so this is what I put together from chapter seven we've spent 74 pages on a bunch of good info droplets and a fucking waterfall of useless scenes and information (laughs) Uh, but I don't I mean, even know what this is. I don't know that word. Oh, SJM is a great writer. Seven, this- seven is the longest chapter so far. <laughs> well, this is my summation at the end of it. I, I literally said, but SMJ is a great writer setting the scene, setting the scene up so eloquently uh, that it is genuinely easy to draw um the world's in your mind yeah i think she she spends a lot and like we've already mentioned of this literally three-fourths of this book just world building and giving us a lot of very repetitive information yeah um where it's like okay we got it you said it in the blunt way but even on chapter seven, oh, I had one more point of my thing. Oh, sorry. I, my last line of it was, I appreciate the negging Lucian brings up, like, oh, you're so human, you're so good, but like, aren't we? What did I say? But like, we are way more handsome. The mat. <laughs> I wrote the magic makes them handsomer. <laughs> and this is how you know it was late. <laughs> it's true. They know they fine. But the, the magic, magic makes them handsomer. All right, Russ. We I'm got to rewrite we got it. the new remix. The nerd remix. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so um, sorry. Continue. I, I will say, like, for how long Chapter 7 is, oh I didn't even take a full page of notes because I was so pissed. Like, 
my short version, mm. the beast's name is Tamlin. Praise be. He already shows controlling behavior despite being generous. Stockholm Syndrome. There is, ah! there is a sickness in the land for about 50 years. That's like the short synopsis. The long synopsis is the beast's name is Tamlin. <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> um, he attempts to compliment Pharaoh's physical appearance, which is nice. But that's like his attempt to connect with her is like, oh, you, you look clean. Is Lucian negging? Like, like yeah. Tamlin's just trying to be like, you look clean. And then Lucian's over here. <laughs> I literally just read this and went, oh, this son of a bitch. What? Well, you don't look half as bad now. A relief, I suppose, since you're to live with us. That is straight up a neg. Yeah. Well, you don't look half as bad now. Yeah. Well, the point is, is Lucian's a dick to her the whole time. Um, basically what happens in this chapter, Tamlin, the beast, serves her dinner, which she reluctantly eats after being threatened and physically bound. Red flag. Mm. Which I'm gonna I was get like, in. How did she get physically bound? I'm gonna like get there. into my red flag. This is my whole theory now, going through the first three fourths of this chapter, and it ties to me personally, but also you and many other people out there. Uh, we learn that there's a sickness in the land that has been spreading for the last fifty years. That's why Andrus was in the forest. He was there to look for a cure. Mm -hmm. Feyre's main concern is on her family's well-being and her escape. Tamlin makes an effort to connect with her. That is my synopsis of chapter seven. So yes, she comes back down. She got cleaned up. She's Shit. like, I'm hungry, but I'm not. I'm not supposed to eat your food, but I'm really hungry. And that's when <clears throat> Tamlin attempts to feed her, Fine, and she's like, Nah, no thanks. And he's like, It's an honor for a human to be served by a high fay. Which, what are you gonna say? I hope it's gonna be what I think you're gonna say. The whole idea of fay and eating has a very big high in this series yes. and beyond. Thank God. Thank God. I'm so glad you said that. Because so, literally I was like, ooh. It's, you don't realize the importance or the significance of that. Not yeah. only is it an honor for a human to be served by a high fay, yes. But there's an even larger significance to that action that she has no idea about. It, it just seems so irrelevant, but it's not. And it, I can get it. Yeah. I, I feel you on the highlighting some future behaviors of him. And it's interesting because I'm taking a different stance. I haven't gotten to my red flag part. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. And when you get there, even then, still, I can see it. But I, it's one of those moments where, and this is me personally coming to, um, I was doing this class where it was like, you have to, you can't look for the presence of red flags. You, you have, have to look to, for, for the You can't look for the ones. absence of red flags. You have to look for the presence of green, green ones. Cups. And do they outweigh each other? Uh -huh. And ever since I, I heard that. Did Dr. Purvis say that to you? No, no, no. I, I was taking this MBA course. Oh. And it's about hiring people. So obviously. That's where I heard it. I'm just mixing up all my conversations. <laughs> it was me. It was, you heard it from me because I was yeah. like. You know, we hear this thing, and it's been such a huge, it's, it's huge, huge for the right last now. decade, probably, or at least for, like, TikTok, IG, culture, whatever. It's like, here's red all flag, these red flags, red looking flag. for these. 
Now, there is abusive behaviors, and then there's red flags. But guess what? We all have red flags. For sure. But do our positives outweigh our negatives? Because there's not one person or thing in the world that has yeah. an, all positives and without a negative. some negatives carry bigger weight than positives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So well, That's a good point. That's it's a good interesting point. that you... Or that you, did. I latched onto the red flags. But normally, it's funny. If you knew us, it would probably be us both going red, red flags. Yeah. So... And, and I do not not think that they aren't like, mm, that's questionable. However, I am looking at it from, realistically, he's still doing nothing but trying to connect with her as a person. Mm-hmm. He's trying to genuinely connect with her. And you'll learn later why it's a genuinely trying to connection because he's kind of given but up. But it, it's not genuine because there's an ulterior motive. But there is, there is and there isn't or else he wouldn't. He's genuinely making an effort. Yeah, but to, he's genuinely making an effort to be genuine. And she's still, the thing is, is the way that you have Sarah, Jabe, like, paints him on the page with her words versus Feyre's internal dialogue is yes. so interesting because... Her internal dialogue is like, he's a beast, he's a monster, he's so dangerous. Yeah. And tries to like, I'm pretty sure in this chapter is when she tries to buddy up with Lucian. It is. Well, it's, it comes up very soon. Right. It's eight and nine is when she decides she's going to try to get on Lucian's good side. Right. And in my mind, the more I read that, at first I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense. Like, I'm with her. Like, the first time I read it without no, any... No, the first time you read it, you are you are Feyre's biggest ally because she's our main character. Yeah, We're also women, so <laughs> naturally we you're going to gravitate. Right yes, exactly. And then I reread it again, and I was like, wait a second. Lucian's done nothing since she got there. But, but be mean. But be a dick. Mm-hmm. Neck her, which just shows you what girls really are into. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. But that she doesn't mean go to Lucian. Me. She doesn't go to Lucian of I want to bang this dude. No, no, no. But I she gravitates toward him for her own ulterior motives. Yeah, but even then, when once we learn what those are, I'm gonna come back to you and go. But like, why in the fuck would you do that when the the our, one who's our been boy nice Tamlin? He's been nice. He's he let you live, mm-hmm. didn't even kill you right off the bat, said you would be safe and protected, said you could leave if you wanted to, and meant it. He yeah. wasn't going to keep her there at, the, at yeah. that time. He was literally like, you can do whatever you want. He literally told Lucian no one's going to hurt her, while old boy's over here like, she Just can get her. murdered. Like, she's <laughs> she can get the fuck out. Like, we don't give a fuck. Like, fuck this That's bitch. That's true. So it just, like, it kind of blew my mind the more I thought about it. Like, yeah, how on earth did she come to this? magical idea that Lucian was, like, down to clown. Well, it's because she thought Lucian had sway with Tamlin, and she refused to see the good in Tamlin. She only Mm. saw the bad. Because when you're looking for the bad, that's all you're going to see. Whatever you look for. Whatever you look for is what you find. So it's like, she she just saw him. I mean, she saw them all as, but she saw Lucian as a means to an end to get... I mean, we'll talk about this in chapter 89. But, sorry. We digress. It is a good, it's a really good point because I did, knowing how the story ends, I find red flags more than I find green flags. Absolutely. But it's it's important to point out, he has shown her mercy. He's been generous. He's been kind. He's attempted to feed her and clothe her and bathe her and give her a safe place to stay, saying, I'm not going to let anyone harm you and try to make her feel comfortable and at home in a place that's very new and foreign, which is like all we can ask for right but it's like she still sees him no matter what as her captor this this beast that took her yeah and that because that's your first impression is really strong right Mm -hmm. and his first her first impression of him is i'm gonna knock your door down and i'm 
going to yell at you. Um, I don't know if this is an appropriate time to say this. Probably not. But it is already <laughs> out on the internet, so it can't, like, I can't be ruining this for anybody when it literally says in the description or on, like, one of the first things on the internet, the this originally started as, like, a loose basis off of Beauty and the Beast. Yes, Which I you can see that. really, really, like, you can see it so well mm. in the first... <laughs> The whole first, in the first like twenty seven pages book. or twenty seven chapters. Yeah. However, after that, it dips off and it changes. Yeah, but just everything but it from is. it, I it see is the Beauty cartoon the Beauty, like Beauty and the Beast. I see like yeah, that's what I see in my head. I yes. literally see the big fancy house, the, with the beast old and nice love cloak. Yeah, um, but yeah. at this point, like, um, getting past the food thing, like. Tamlin continues to try to be nice. You look better than before. Your hair is clean. <laughs> and this is okay. like... like <laughs> Your hair is... It jot, just reminds jot, jot. me... Because like, I wash my clean. hair like, what, once a week maybe? Same. And so like... Same. I actually would really appreciate if my boyfriend <laughs> was like, your hair is really clean today. And I'd be like, thank you for noticing because it doesn't happen that often. Oh, I get like kind of offended. But it's mostly our boss walking in going... Oh, oh, you, you look you it? look different today. What like, happened? Oh, I and you're my... like, oh, I did shower and clean my hair. <laughs> Thanks for noticing. I think. But this is also to your point previously. Like she points out that they're high fae. They're not, you know, like they're obviously rich. And she says you're fairy nobility, um, and they say yes. And that's just that is basically the entire first 28 chapters is them just eluding her questions and stringing her along where she's trying to get information and they're just like, like they're just dodging. Duck and weave. You can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball type situation. (laughs) They are dodging everything. But like this whole whole thing is like, she's just trying to be like, what are my expectations? Like, am I a slave? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Who are you people? Please tell me what's expected. She's like, obviously at this point, still concerned about her family and their well-being and the vow that she (sighs) is broken. Which so bothers me. I'm like, why? Tamlin is like... I had a theory on that. Well, I have a theory. My theory comes up in a later chapter, but it the basis is sort of being weaved here, and Tamlin interjects and is like, you know, your family's safe, they're cared for, they're alive, like, don't worry about it. Um, but he keeps trying to be like, you need to eat, because I don't think she realizes how, like, emaciated, emaciated she, is, she yeah. is. And so he's like, you, you really need to eat. And this is where I said the first red flag happens is because... Um, I shot to my feet, wisdom be damned, and was about to kick back my chair when invisible hands clapped on my arms and shoved me back to my seat. Do not do whatever it was you were contemplating, Tamlin said. I went still as the tang of magic seared my nose. And this is when, like, he basically uses magic to secure her to a chair. And, um... I won't play devil's advocate on that one, though. You can. I want you to, in one sec. Um... I glanced at the knife beside my plate. I should have gone for it. Futile effort or no. Again, yes, very futile. (laughs) Tamlin says, I'm going to warn you once. Once, only once, and then it's on you, human. I don't care if you go live somewhere else in Perithian. But if you cross the wall, if you flee, your family will no longer be cared for. And so, like, it's very threatening in a sense of, like, almost an ultimatum, like, I don't care where you go, but if you go back home, your family is not 
going to be taken care of. So it's almost that's part like, of the treaty, though. Like that—that's part of it. Like, but I the get treaty. You, but she isn't, has to pay her debt. Like, yes, but the treaty doesn't say that he has to take care of her family for her. Exactly. He chose to do that. Yes, but she can, and he's saying she can do whatever she wants. Yeah. He's doing an extra. Look at me advocating for the beast over here. No, it's but, like it's important. You're bringing she, up two halves of the same story. It's, she did do the thing, whether she did it out of necessity or not. Technically, she didn't have to kill the wolf. She could have just killed the deer. Granted, that put her at a deficit. And in the moment, if you're thinking, like, you don't have that much foresight to go, well, all oh, this could pan out to I go live with fairies. <laughs> like, that would be insane to have that much foresight. Well, and it's what, you kill the deer and then the wolf finds you and kills you. Right, so, so it was a gamble. So she yeah. did the best that she could with what she it's had. A calculated However, risk. you still, at the end of the day, your choice is your choice. And it wasn't something, she had choice in that. And she was living in choice. Yep. No matter what the choice was, the outcome still you have to live with. And you have to be comfortable with whatever those are. Yeah. The outcome was... She fucking killed a fairy. Whoopsie daisies. Didn't mean to, but she did. Yep. So her punishment is she can go live in in a world that's ten times larger but than she the time. She doesn't. Well, no, she does know how big the space is. She doesn't. She didn't know the consequences of her actions. But yes. do we all ever? No. No. That's called growing, right? But. He said, you don't have to stay here, but you cannot leave Prithian because that's the treaty. That's what it says, and that's not the rule that I made. That's the rule that we made collectively as two different nations coming to an understanding and agreement. At the end of the day, that's the only thing that he had to provide. You know that's not the real treaty, though. We don't know. Is that that? Yeah. Oh, wow. I missed Okay. Well, whatever. See... I don't even remember. But right this now, part. you do think it right is. Right now, that's all that it is, right? So, regardless, he then goes one over and more than takes care of her family. And on the flip side of it, she does not know, she just knows that her family is alive and well cared for. She doesn't know to the extent that he has gone to make sure that that has happened. Correct. But also, it's just a threat I don't like. Right. But he also pinned her ass down because she literally was about to, like, violently react. Yeah. So it's one of those things like violent doesn't but, beget violence, but it does to a certain whatever. And at the end of the day, he is a, in more animalistic than your average human. So you can't discount that that more I agree. based instinct part of people, which she also has to because she literally said, maybe I should have grabbed that knife. She was thinking the same thing. He was just faster and stronger. Yeah. Know your opponent. Oh, it's sorry. It's the part of, if you cross the wall, if you flee, your family will no longer be cared for. Yeah. And But all of that is said after she's already been told, this estate is only safe because I've told people not to fuck with you. So, like, she, he is the ultimate protector of, like, her safety lies in yeah. his hands of, okay, if I leave this estate, like... It's fucking dangerous. I could be killed at any second. Now, that's not wrong, though. Yes, but, like, he's blatantly said, like, you are safe here and only here because you have my protection. And if you flee, not only could you die, but your family will no longer be cared for. He doesn't know the ulterior motive. He said if you flee Prithian, not if you flee the spring court. Yes, but, like, there's also the threat of if you leave the spring court, you don't have my protection because I'm the one telling people not to fuck with you. Granted. She doesn't know anything about the other courts True. at this point. But she also, he's, just from like a, from a legal standpoint, he 
all he can control is the Supreme Court. That's his court. He doesn't have any sway or control in any other court. We don't know that yet. Okay, well, that's factual, and I can't change it. Spoiler alert. But we don't know that yet. (laughs) So. That's what I'm saying is, like, he's only just all, if you take her base information, regardless, we can sit here and debate this (laughs) all night. We can wax all night. We both come to the same, (laughs) we both, we both come to the same agreement, I think, in the end. It's just what I wanted to point out as I was reading this, because the first time I read it, I rooted for Tamlin until I read the end. And I, I stopped rooting for Tamlin at the end for reasons. If you have read it, you know why. Hopefully, Hmm. maybe not. The reason I pointed out the red flags is because when I first read it through, I rooted for him. That's interesting. And then I compare it to my life, and I'm like, okay, in my life, how many relationships have I been in where I root for someone, and I choose to only see the green flags without comparing them to the amount of red flags? And so I just went through this time, the second time, and all of your points are valid. Like, all of the greens things and good things that he's done but then like I wanted to go through for myself and say okay now that I know the end can Can I I can I see who he is and then why the fuck can't I see that the first time no that's that's do you know what I mean that's That's, that is my whole that was my whole motive of pointing out the red flags is because I was like I really did root for this guy. And I know I'm was, spoiling a lot, but no, I don't care. Funny. Like, it, it's funny because it, I don't... At first I was like, I don't think I was rooting for him. But like, I kind of was. You were because you yeah. immediately assume... And this is an assumption, so like, take a take with it what you will. But you assume in a story like this... Oh, the girl gets whisked off her feet by the magical prince who's a beast. But then... It's Turns the into whole a beauty man. And the be- it's the beauty and the Ugh. beast thing. She like, saw the man under the beast and even though yeah, he had beastly like, ways. You think feels... that it's going to be him. And I, I don't want to dive into it too deep here because we're literally on page 63 oh right God, now. I, know. I chose to ignore mm-hmm. the I'm going to lock you in place. I'm going to make a subtle threat about how you can flee. But if you do, it's the you can do what you want, but mm. here's what happens if you don't but. do what I want. Yeah. Kind of thing. No, that's so and good. So, that's so good. Yeah. Um, I love that. I uh, I honestly do. And there's other a, than that, really not much happens in this chapter. Oh, it's just so well. But what's funny is there is something we learn that, about the sickness. I guess you the blight. But there is one other thing that I I actually find really interesting because it one it's this is where I take it from the page into real life, mm-hmm. like all the things. Um. It's this weird moment for her where she's like, okay, but like, what do I do now? Yeah. And it, it makes you go, she was this she had a purpose. big, strong, purposeful. She had this promise yeah. she had to keep. He's like, you can't dip her out why? or else. Her why changed. Why am I alive? Off. You know what? Just, mm. But her did. Her why changed. It will. It didn't went, change. It just went away. And then she... You live in survival mode for so long. And well, her you have why to was fulfilled it. almost, in a sense. Fulfilled, yes, not to her level of understanding, but it's mostly like, it is fulfilled. Her why was outside, to take care of her family. But outside of her herself. And then her only other thing that she wanted was 
to live with her dad and and have a little bit of money to paint. Like her vision for her life was so small, but but then level up, baby. It it he she literally asked them like after all of these things, uh, them being all you know douchey and being like ooh, eat some food. You should be so lucky. <laughs> Um, she literally says, what do you plan to do with me now that I'm here? Tamlin's yeah. eyes didn't leave her face. Nothing. Do whatever you want. So I'm not to be your slave, I dared yep. ask. Luc- <laughs> Lucian choked on his wine, but Tamlin didn't smile. I don't keep slaves. I ignored the release of tightness in my chest at that. But what am I to do with my life here? I pressed. Mm-hmm. Do you... <laughs> No, he doesn't say it. Do you, do you wish me to earn my keep to work? A stupid question if he hadn't considered it, but, like, I had to know. Tamlin stiffened. What you do with your life isn't my problem. And, like, it basically just goes on to say, I, I don't care what you do with your life. I have no intent for you. So you have this girl who has zero goals, zero purpose, Everything that she was living for and literally in survival it, it mode changed to do, in 48 hours. She has zero purpose in life and is like, that's when you spiral. And what's funny, yeah, if you want to talk true. about red flags, I mean, talk about that. Yeah. You take away someone's everything from them. Mm-hmm. If you want to take it as a red flag, granted, he didn't want to harm her or hurt her, but he gave her, she had nothing at that point. The only thing she had, which is funny, her dad was like, all we have are hope. And she's like, that's not a thing. She had no hope. But she, she like, did have hope. Her hope was marry off her sisters, have a life with her dad where she can paint and they have a little bit of space. That is true. She didn't even realize that that was hope, but it was. Because he said you had to have hope for a better world. And in her life, her better world was getting Marrying her off, yeah. getting her sisters to a different home. And, and in her mind, that wasn't hope. But it truly was because yeah. they weren't like, she wasn't doing anything super active to make that happen. Yeah. And then Tamlin takes that away from her by taking away from her family. Yeah. So if you want to go on that, like, let's play devil's advocate, reverse the roles. Yeah. You separate people from everything they know and love. Oh. And you reprogram their brains, essentially. Yeah. Um, and that's how a lot of abusive relationships happen. Yeah. And you make them, you make them, yourself, their whole world. Yeah. And that's literally what he did because he didn't just take her away from whole everything that she knew. He took away her only purpose in life and then yeah. said, I don't care what you do. So you can look at it from both sides. Like, it is nice. He didn't want anything from her. He didn't demand her to work or yeah. care for herself. I didn't even think about that. But he didn't give her any hope. hope. And in her mind, like, she's still human. He didn't listen she, to her goals and say, let me help you achieve. Well, he doesn't even know what they are, right? I know. Though. He doesn't even know but because, you know, they're not really transparent. Yeah. So it's just an interesting, it's just an interesting level of, yeah. hmm, hmm. Moving on from that. Yeah. Which is great. I think I have nothing to add. I think you <laughs> it's did just weird. great there. Um, are we ready to move on from Yeah, that? we can move right Later on. We in- learned about the blight. That's a sickness that yeah. could potentially leak into the human world. Yeah. Um, but it basically means that the magic in Prithian has slight... It's lessened or it's... Let's put it this way. It's muted. It's not to the level that it's actually capable of. And that includes the High Lords, all the fairies themselves. All of their magic is like halfway suppressed. Yeah, 
And it starts because Pharaoh was like, well, why was your friend even over across the wall? Like, you're not even supposed to be there. Yeah. And he says, there's a sickness in these lands across Perithian. There has been for almost 50 years now. So that puts a nice timeline on it. Um, it's not a disease, not a plague or illness. It's focused solely on magic, on those dwelling in Perithian. Andrus was across the wall that day because I sent him to search for a cure. So that's really just the good cliffhanger for, for chapter 7 is now we know why Andrus was across the wall in the first place. And then, of course, Farah's immediate response, like any other normal, natural human response, was how does this affect me? Because <laughs> it's all about me. It is. Ooh. It is. Um, that is our lives, though. Everything is about us. <laughs> <laughs> in our own world our do our worlds do revolve around us yeah yeah, yeah. whether people want to believe it or not they you're not do wrong. you're not wrong um okay there's no way we only got through three chapters we're gonna have to do better at getting faster at these no we don't this is the whole point is we yeah, talk about right, it guess, and we enjoy it so we're good yeah we will stop here um my name's malia this is hannah hi Okay, I was like, I forgot that. Shouldn't we do that on the front end? Yeah, we forgot that for this episode, and that's okay. It'll really keep them guessing, like, who are these bitches? Let us know what you think. I mean, I I think we dived a lot more metaphorically into what things mean. Like, yes, she's great at building a world and storytelling, but the the layers of planning are what amazed me the most, and we this won't girl. get we won't get into that to like literally. This episode is just 40. the tip of the iceberg, y'all. When we say that Sarah J. Mass is Moss. she's Moss good. Yeah, she is. She's, she's so good at not just building worlds, but building dimension, and not just dimension, but inter intersecting dimension. So that's that is I mean like truly talented. Yeah, this bitch. She gonna go places. It's one of those things where you're like, I hope she does it. I hope she. I see where she's going. I hope she does it, and then she. Does it. <laughs> and then she. And does. then she throws a curveball into Ugh. what I thought she was gonna do, and then she does something a little different, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's always it's always a good time. All right. Good time. Either way, right, come well, back next time. We're gonna pick up at chapter eight. Uh, and we want to know what you think if you're reading along with us, and yeah. or if you've already read it. Go red back flags, and read these. Green flags. What did we miss? What should we look yeah. out for? Are there more red flags that we are missing? Or are there more green flags that we haven't seen? Are there plot holes? Like, we're just two people with overactive imaginations. So, you tell us what you think. Bye. Bye.